Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Will the Kings ever lose a game again? They're 2-0 and in Las Vegas Summer League. A lot to like. Continued great play from Davion Mitchell. Jemias Ramsey continues to be on the attack. I'm excited to break down a little bit of this Kings and Wizards Las Vegas Summer League game that happened last night. I'm also looking forward to speaking with Rafael Barlow, one of our Locked On NBA Draft hosts, NBA Draft experts. You might have seen him on our live NBA Draft show alongside John Corrales uh, and Chad Ford. He is going to join me. We are going to talk about the Davion Mitchell selection, and we're especially going to spend some time talking about Nemias Keita because Raphael said in the show that he thinks that Kata could potentially become the Kings starting center. Now, this, of course, was before the Kings re-signed Rashawn Holmes. So we're going to see if Raphael still feels that way with Rashawn Holmes being here and why he's so high on Demias Kata. Plus, I do want to talk briefly about the interview from ABC 10's Sean Cunningham that came out with Kyle Guy explaining how he departed the Sacramento Kings. A rough departure. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last seven years. This will be season number eight for me covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And I realized when I was talking about the uh, first summer league win that happened a couple nights ago uh, for the, the, the Sacramento Kings against uh, what was it? The Charlotte Hornets. I realized I talked about the great game that Davion Mitchell had. I talked about his defensive play on book night, talked about his scoring, but I didn't talk about one of the most impressive parts of his game which was the nine assists and zero turnovers. So I actually wanted to start this podcast making sure I got that in because Davion Mitchell plays that point guard position. Of course, he is the primary number one guy with this summer league roster. He will not have that role with the Sacramento Kings. And I've spent a lot of time already talking about how the way Davion Mitchell plays in summer league and the way he's going to play with the main roster are probably going to be pretty significantly different. So you have to take everything that Davion Mitchell does playing this style with a grain of salt. That being said, certainly the positives and negatives of what we've seen out of Davion Mitchell translate uh, to what he's going to do on the floor and what he can do uh, for the Kings make main roster playing alongside Fox and Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, uh, Rashawn Holmes, and the rest of that Kings main group. So Davion Mitchell showing his passing ability, showing his playmaking ability, taking care of the basketball, finishing with nine assists in addition to his scoring uh, was excellent to see. It was also great to see Davion Mitchell get off to a great start uh, shooting the basketball from three-point range. His first two three-point attempts, uh, he made Davion Mitchell finished uh, shooting two of three from three-point range. Uh, And I, of course, would like to see that three-point attempts number go up to hovering around four to five a game. Uh, That's pretty much my ask, but I've talked about this before. If Davion Mitchell can shoot 
37 plus percent from three point range and provide that stellar on ball defense that he's known for and that defensive intensity that he's known for, the Kings are going to be such a better team. It's not even going to be funny, like such a better team because we've talked about how contagious his play is. And I spoke with Katie Christensen Hunter yesterday about how the way that Davion Mitchell plays defense is going to make guys like De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton better, not just because he's going to be guarding them and they're going to be playing one-on-one together in in practice, but also because uh, when you're playing alongside someone who's playing with that effort, you want to try and match that. Or like Katie said, you you look bad. It's pretty clear when one player is playing with 100% intensity on the defensive end of the floor and another is not. Now, it is going to be difficult to expect that intensity out of Davion Mitchell every single night. Just like it's difficult to expect that intensity every single night out of a guy like De'Aaron Fox when there's so much responsibility on his shoulders to score and lead the Kings uh, in that way. So I truthfully do not expect to see 82 games of Davion Mitchell giving 100% effort defensively every single play. There are going to be some plays that he takes off just because you have to to survive that long of a season. And look, every rookie hits a wall. So Davion is going to have to get used to this roster just like Tyrese Halliburton had to get used to the roster, just like De'Aaron Fox had to get used to, I say roster, I mean schedule, Uh, just like he had to get used to the schedule. It's tough. It's tough to provide that kind of effort and intensity on an 82-game basis. But if it's 70-plus games that you're getting at Davion Mitchell, that effort, plus he's shooting 37% from three-point range, this Kings team is going to be very good. I think he's going to fit in very nicely alongside Fox and Halliburton if they do run those three guard lineups. I've spent a lot of time talking about Jamias Ramsey uh, and Robert Woodard, the two uh, second-round draft picks for the Sacramento Kings in last year's draft, the 2020 draft. I've talked about how disappointing I felt uh, both of them have been, but mainly Robert Woodard has been. He played 17 and a half minutes in this game. I did finish with... Uh, only five points. I almost read plus and minus 12 is his point total. So only five points for Robert Woodard only took four shots. I'm not going to spend too much more time on him. We know that uh, he's not performed to the level uh, that I expected that I was hoping for that many of us were hoping for. However, when you are looking at the play of Jemais Ramsey in this game, what he did, how he stepped up to the plate. I mean, he came off of a, a 22 point performance against the Charlotte Hornets. And what I wanted to see, do is I wanted to see more. I wanted to see more of that aggression, more of that effort. And he delivered. I felt uh, Jemais Ramsey shot five of eight from the field for 13 points. This overall was a very balanced offensive attack for the Sacramento Kings with five, rather six players in double figures. Lewis King led the team in scoring with 16. Chemezi Metu with 10 points. And I'll talk about Metu in a second. Mitchell with 12. Uh, Jemais Ramsey with 13. Uh, you also got 13 off of uh, the bench from uh, Aid Murky and 10 off the bench from Matt Coleman. But going back to Jemais Ramsey specifically, He's aggressive. He's looking for a shot. And even though I want to see more still from him with his perimeter game, he aggressively attacked the basket. And there were two separate plays where a quick jab step crossover uh, and finishing through contact at the rim. That shows another element of Jemias Ramsey's game that I didn't see too much last season. Now, we barely saw him. I did watch a few of his games in the G League bubble, and I didn't see that explosiveness. So the confidence that he's playing with offensively, I did like to see. was very pleased by that. I've also been very pleased with the confidence from Chemezi Metu. To me, Chemezi Metu looks like an NBA player playing in the summer league. He looks like a guy uh, who knows what his role is. Now you might see a stat line of 10 points on three of nine shooting with seven rebounds and four assists and go, okay, that's fine. But scoring wise, maybe I'd expect it to be a little bit better if he truly is that NBA caliber player. 
but it's the confidence that Chemezi Metu uh, plays with. He played the fewest amount of minutes out of any of the starters because you don't need to see too much more from Chemezi Metu than what we've been seeing. The confidence that he got playing with Nigeria, the confidence that he got uh, playing at the with the main roster and having success with the Sacramento Kings main roster last season. That has translated to his shot selection. That's translated to uh, uh, the attempts that he's taking. Uh, and you could see that in this game, especially from three-point range. Love the confidence that he's playing with. And, and like I said, he looks like an NBA player to me. He looks like someone who belongs on the main roster. And, and speaking of Chimezi Metu, uh, he and Damian Jones both had their contracts picked up for next season. So they're now uh, fully guaranteed. So both of them will be on the roster, which means this Kings front court all of a sudden is just absolutely loaded uh, with talent. The Kings went from really no depth uh, in their big man department to now a ton of depth. Uh, as of right now, though, I believe during the offseason, you're allowed to have uh, uh, up to 20 players on your roster. So it makes sense to have all these players on your roster that you can then cut down to the, the normal number 15 after training camp. And in addition to that, uh, you can also use these players potentially in trades, like maybe, I don't know, a Ben Simmons type trade or a Lori Markinen type trade. Uh, and I'm going to be talking about those more on future Locked on Kings podcast episodes with guests. I'll tease that a little bit later on. As for right now, though, it's time for my conversation with NBA draft insider and analysis, uh, Rafael Barlow. Very excited to chat with him. Before that, though, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by headspace wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep focus act or overall just be better there is and if you have 10 minutes headspace can change your life this is an app that i use literally every single morning headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace is a three-minute SOS meditation for you that's perfect while you're at work during one of those busy, overwhelming type days. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions that their members swear by. My wife uses it to fall asleep almost every night and it also can increase your overall sense of well-being. Not to mention uh, the morning meditation which are what I use to get me prepared and up and ready every single day. You deserve to feel happier. Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Trust me, if you use this semi-regularly for a month, you're going to want to subscribe because you're going to become reliant upon it. It's the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. And today's Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, the protein bar that gets flavors absolutely right. Look, I'm a picky eater. Uh, and before uh, Built Bar, I could not find a protein-based product that I liked because I tasted more of like the protein powder and the protein substance more than the actual flavor profile of whatever I was eating. Built Bar nailed that for me especially when it comes to the mint brownie bar. If you've listened to me before, you know how much I love this mint brownie bar. But whether it's mint brownie, double chocolate, strawberry, orange, uh, raspberry, coconut, they do every flavor right, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. And in addition to being delicious, these bars are good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and most importantly, 
all healthy. Go to built.com. Use promo code locked on. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. I know summer league's not the best basketball in the world, but I've heard it's far more enjoyable when you're actually there to be a part of it. Rafael Barlow, NBA draft insider, a host of the locked on NBA draft podcast. You saw him with Chad Ford and John Corrales on our locked on NBA draft live show. He is here with me on locked on Kings from a hotel room in Las Vegas, enjoying summer league action. Rafael, I'm living vicariously through you now. How is Vegas? How is summer league treating you? And how have you been, my friend? I've been good. I wouldn't live vicariously through me because it's Las Vegas and it's 24, and I'm in a hotel room. Everybody else is probably out having fun and partying, but this is what I do. I don't really enjoy that part of Vegas. So I, I, I come like once a year, and it's strictly for summer league. I don't really enjoy like what Vegas is really for. So that's why I'm, I'm here. Well, I, I'm glad because I was about to feel guilty if you had some places to be and some clubs to hit. And I was the one stealing you away to talk Sacramento Kings, which I know you love talking Sacramento Kings, Raphael. So I'm actually <laughs> so, disappointed you don't have on the purple, the purple robe. That's what I was expecting for you. It's, it's behind me. It's behind I'm me. Behind it's you. okay. It's, it's too hot. You can see the crown there in the background too. That uh, that that was a fun bit to do. A, a very fun show that the three of you put on. And it's about uh, or what you said on that show is one of the major reasons why I wanted to have you here on Locked On Kings. And you would think, okay, it's a it's a draft conversation. We're going to go right into Davion Mitchell, and we are going to talk about Mitchell. But I actually wanted to start with the second round pick of the Sacramento Kings, the 39th overall pick, which was Nemias Kada uh, out of uh, Utah State. What you said on the show now things have changed so i'm going to set this up properly but what you said on the show at the time is you felt that namias Keda could potentially be the starting center for the sacramento kings now since then they've added like tristan thompson to trade uh they've signed rashawn holmes signed alex len so suddenly they went from no front court depth to a bunch of front court depth so yeah. was that statement more of like oh the kings didn't have depth so Keda could be something for them or do you really think Keda could potentially be a starting caliber center at his peak uh, in the NBA? It was strictly about me being a fan of Kata, his game. He's a you know, good rebounder, has some offensive skills, but most notably, he's a shot blocker. He's a rim protector. And I think there's still a place in the NBA for, for those guys. And honestly, I don't know why he is so underrated, like why he fell to the second round. I mean, he put up numbers. I mean, Utah State is not a powerhouse, and it wasn't a, in a powerhouse school. But, I mean, I just think that he has what it takes, and he has, you know, the the rim protection that teams are looking for. So it wasn't based off of the Kings' depth or lack of depth, but I just thought, like, given the opportunity, I think that he could be a really productive NBA player. The Kings ended up giving him a two-way contract, which isn't abnormal for a, a second-round pick, although uh, there are expectations that he will outplay that contract right away and really get some good time uh, with the main roster. Uh, Monty McNair said that he was surprised 
at how many teams like you were kind of low on him or how under the radar uh, he was so the Kings could scoop him up at 39. And it's not just the fact that he's a natural seven footer, which uh, a number of years ago, being a natural seven footer would have instantly put you in the lottery conversation. It's not just that. It's the fact that analytically he's a darling because of what he does. He rebounds the basketball. He blocks shots. He even creates steals. Mm -hmm. uh, And he was an efficient scorer down low as well. So Monty McNair agrees with you that he was surprised that this guy uh, slid under the radar. Do you think Raphael teams avoided him just because he's a bigger seven footer in the modern NBA that is so speed and, and guard dependent? I mean, that could be it, but you know, the NBA has this thing where if you're like 21 years old, you're considered old and he's 21. He'll probably be maybe 22 once the season starts. And the NBA loves upside over guys that are closer to being a finished product. But then in the case of the Sacramento Kings, they still took Davion Mitchell, who some people weren't high on because they felt that he was a little older. And, I mean, he's proven people wrong early on. But I just think that, you know, Kata, like I said, I mean, the rebounding, the the shot blocking, but the steals. Like, you don't really see centers getting steals. And then with so many teams being allegedly, you know, so driven by analytics, you would think a guy that gets – one steal and well, like three blocks a game would be high on your on your big board and for whatever reasons he wasn't. But I think it's probably because he's a twenty-two year old center. And I don't I can't think of the last time I've seen a twenty-two year old center drafted in the first round. What most surprised me so far watching Kata play has been his mobility for being a, yep. a seven footer that's really stood out to me so far in summer league. I mean, not just his, his post moves and his, his footwork, which he put on display a couple of times uh, in his most recent game against the, the Washington wizards. But uh, I was impressed by his ability on the perimeter. Now as a seven footer, if you get switched onto a guard, you're not, it's a mismatch for a reason, right? He's yep. not going to be in an optimal position to stop that guard from going by him, but comparing him to what the Kings had, the Kings version of him last season which was Hassan Whiteside, who has had a very successful career, but Hassan Whiteside looks like he's in molasses when he's moving anywhere outside of the paint. Even in the paint, he moves very, very slow for, for being such a long guy. I was impressed with Kata's presence in the paint, being a natural seven-footer and all the intangibles that he does there. But in addition to that, it's not the end of the world if he has to switch on the perimeter because he's quick enough to at least not get blown right by. I agree 100%, which is still why I'm shocked that he fell to 39. And, I mean, it's like, you look at Whiteside, Matt, I think that $100 million contract he signed in Miami is still weighing his pockets down some. So that's why he's <laughs> he's not moving like he used to. Because, I mean, what year was that, like 16? You would have thought he was the next Bill Russell when he got paid. And... Then he became a liability that only wanted to stay in the paint because he wanted to collect his rebounds and blocks. And, you know, like the last year he was in Portland, I, I think he's probably like top five in the league in rebounds and blocks, but it really didn't have much of an impact. But back to Kata, as far as like his mobility, I think it's very underrated. Like, again, and I keep saying, I don't know why he fell so far. I could see if he was like this stiff seven footer that is only effective right at the rim. And I mean, I think he has the, the mobility and fluidity to at least match a wing, like step for step for maybe one or two dribbles. 
But, you know, anything more than that, I don't think many centers can. But I think he has, you know, enough to where he can at least alter shots. And then he's strong enough to where if a guy, you know, like tries to initiate contacts, I mean, he's not he's, – he's solid. And he has the wingspan to send it back. So, I mean, I think the Kings got a steal. It's not something you, you hear often. Hopefully he gets the opportunity. I mean, they have a ridiculous amount of centers now in a league that's supposed to be going smaller. So um, my prediction of him being a starting center at the end of the year, it's not looking good right now. So I'm going to change it to G League All-Star. Okay. Okay. And then how about, let me ask you to add a little bit more on top of that, maybe if you feel comfortable saying this. I believe the Kings have so many big men on their roster now, but that's not going to be the case when the season starts. I just, I can't understand how they're going to make Tristan Thompson, Alex Len, uh, um, Marvin Bagley, who can be a four, can be a five, uh, not to mention Rashawn Holmes. Plus they just picked up the option on Damian Jones. They have yeah. Chemezi Metu, who's more of a four, but still they have all these, I have, there's no way in my mind that you're going to bring all those big men uh, into the uh, regular season with you. So maybe they're there as trade bait, who knows, but let me kind of re, uh, see if I can change your statement a little bit. Do you think uh, Nemias can be a legitimate rotational piece for the Sacramento Kings team by the end of the season? Yeah, I mean, if they get rid of some of the guys that they have, I don't know off the top of my head, off the top of my head, all the the money that is being paid, but I think um, Tristan Thompson signed like for the mid-level last summer, so he's probably making like nine or ten. Um, Holmes is... You know, he's going to be their center unless but he's a valuable trade piece. So I think if if there is going to be a trade, he's going to be one of the pieces that a team is going to going to want. Uh, Alex Lynn, he was productive. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely was productive. But I mean, you, that's three right there. And I think Bagley's I don't know. I mean, you would think that if they're going to have Harrison Barnes on the roster, then Bagley has to play some five. I'm curious to see what happens so without a trade being made i think with all the money that they're paying those guys they're going to give them playing time so they can at least showcase them to move them or you know it's not really a situation where teams usually give two-way guys unless and i know kings fans probably don't want to hear this unless the season is an absolute disaster and then they just say you know what we're going to just build towards the future and we're going to give him 25, 30 minutes per game, which, you know, I mean, I guess for him, that would be, that would be an ideal situation in a sense. But if the team is playing really, really well, then I think it's going to be hard for him to, to get minutes with all the depth that they have at the five. Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And hey, I'm not going to judge you. Maybe you're one of those people who likes making money while watching the NBA Summer League. I don't know if I could go that far, but I know some people make it big in Las Vegas covering and watching these Summer League games. And I've heard great gambling stories uh, from the many executives and NBA personalities that are in Las Vegas. But if you're doing your gambling... 
Make sure you're doing it on betonline.ag when it comes to the world of sports. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether it's the Summer League, NBA action, baseball action, UFC, MMA, golf, prop bets, side bets. They have it all. And when you sign up using your uh, mobile device or your computer, uh, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word. Take advantage of that. It's free money to gamble with. And take advantage of our Locked On Bets show here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's a free resource that'll help you make some money on Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. Well, let's talk about the uh, the star of the Kings draft and really the star of their summer league so far, and that's been uh, Davion Mitchell, who the Kings selected at number nine. And on draft night, Raphael, you and I were in the exact same boat. It didn't necessarily make a lot of sense positionally. Uh, you and I, I think both were expecting the Kings to go the wing route, especially with Moses Moody still on the board, uh, especially with uh, James Booknight still on the board. And look, I still believe to this day that uh, Franz Wagner was at the top of the board. Franz Wagner was going to be the selection, but then when Orlando made the pick that they did, that kind of changed things a little bit. The Kings then went into best player available mode, and that's where they landed uh, on Davion Mitchell. So I don't believe Davion Mitchell was plan A going into it. Uh, That being said, I've changed how I felt about it a little bit because even though it doesn't necessarily fit a positional need, Mm-hmm. Davion checks a lot of boxes and fills a lot of other needs for the Sacramento Kings team. The two biggest needs were the defensive intensity and really that dog mentality, that work rate that this team has lacked, period. Uh, so I'm curious if you, having watched him play and thought about his fit maybe with the Kings a little bit more, have you changed your mind on that pick or do you th- still question it with other names that were available there on draft night? Oh, well, I don't question Davion Mitchell at all. Mm-hmm. I, I have made a a comment on Twitter that some people thought I was, I don't know, they took it the wrong way, but I was saying, why is his age being held against him? And why is it that, you know, if he were in the NBA and was a 20% three-point shooter and then developed into a 40% three-point shooter after two years, everybody would be like, oh man, he put in the work. But if you put in the work in college, then, you know, people are using some statistical formula saying that, you know, you just dominated because you were older or it was an outlier season. None of that really made a lot of sense to me. But I still want to know how is it going to work. Davion Mitchell is too good to not be a starter, in my opinion. Halliburton was like, I don't know how you could justify bringing Halliburton off the bench with the season he had. And you know De'Aaron Fox is going to be your starter. So it's like you have... I mean, it's still summer league. You don't want to overreact, but you can make a case and say the three most valuable players or the best assets all play the same position. Yep. So with all that being said, with Buddy's situation and them adding all these centers, it seems like there has to be a trade on the horizon. That's the only thing that I can think of. But as a person that you know follows the Kings – I think the fans are in love with Fox, Halliburton, and Mitchell, and you don't want to see any of those guys in a package. So the next few weeks or months should be pretty interesting. 
Yeah, like we said with the big men, how this team looks right now, I think is going to be very different from from what they enter the season with. And I do believe the Kings are very aggressively still pursuing Ben Simmons and maybe waiting for his situation to lower his trade value even more. I've spent a lot of time talking about, I think the Kings can maybe offer the best package that the 76ers are going to get at this point for Ben Simmons. Or maybe they're interested in Kristaps Porzingis. Maybe they're interested in Pascal Siakam. So I, I agree with you. I don't think Monty McNair is done and he's accumulated a lot of assets that he's potentially sending out. But I, I also agree that I don't think the Kings want to include any of those three names, Fox, Halliburton, or Mitchell, in what they send out. And and like you said, if those three are going to be on this roster, you have to find a way to play the three of them together. And if Davion Mitchell, I feel, is going to play with those two guys out of out of the three of them, he's probably number three in terms of ball handling. And that means he has to provide that that three-point shot. Now, I don't expect him to shoot 44, 45% from three-point range at the NBA. If he shot above 40%, I'd be thrilled. But if Davion Mitchell can provide the defense that he provides, plus shoot 37-plus percent from three-point range, I think he immediately makes the Sacramento Kings better. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that and pair that with, in your mind, comprehending how a three-guard lineup featuring those three with Fox as the primary ball handler could work. I can't. I've thought about it a lot, especially seeing how well he's played over the last week. And I still can't figure out how it's going to work because one, it seems like the Kings have 22 roster spots. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you have three point guards, seven centers. I'm joking here. And, uh-huh. and Buddy Hield and Harrison Barnes in between there. So I don't know how this lineup is going to work. I mean, Luke Walton is going to have his hands full, trying to keep everybody happy. I mean, I don't know how true it is, but, you know, the reports seem like Buddy wants out. And, I mean, I thought if they were going to trade Buddy to the Lakers, I thought it made more, more sense for both teams. Mm. And on draft day, it seemed like it was a done deal. And I, don't, I, I just don't know, like, what trade, even like for Ben Simmons, I don't think Ben Simmons makes sense. I think in theory it does, but he, he's a guy that strikes me as someone who will not be motivated in Sacramento and he will not be motivated when he doesn't have the ball in his hands to play point. I think everyone knows he should play off the ball, but I think he's just kind of been spoiled and coddled so much because of where he was drafted and, and all of that, that, you know, they kept giving him the ball. So, how is he going to react in Sacramento where he has to play off the ball? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's too risky for, for me. But on one hand, I see how if you're Sacramento, you don't get a guy like Ben Simmons in free agency. So if you make a trade for him, you have him signed for you know a few years. You just have to get him to buy in. And I think like, you know, I'm sure Philly would love Hield and definitely would love one of the point guards. Yeah, in, in the trade. But then they don't need any they don't need another center because they just signed Andre Drummond and drafted uh I think they they may have drafted two centers in the draft. I know one for sure. So that makes that trade partner seem a little odd. So I don't know. As far as the three guard lineup, I think they're too good to to not play. Um but you have options to where you should at least have two of them on the court at all times for a good 48 minutes. So 
Yeah, we saw the Kings make the move trading away DeLon Wright to really solidify that third ball handler position as Davion Mitchell's, I believe, even though I liked DeLon Wright and felt they probably could have gotten a little bit more for him. But that's whatever. We'll see what the Kings decide to do with Tristan Thompson. We'll wrap up with this, Raphael. You spent a lot of time, of course, last year watching Tyrese Halliburton. If this three-guard lineup is going to happen, Davion Mitchell with his size, 6'1", 6'2", I can't see him guarding threes effectively. He might be able to pester them when he's switched on to them, but overall, pound for pound, I don't think he's going to be able to do that. I don't think you want De'Aaron Fox to take on that challenge, so then it falls to Tyrese Halliburton. We know he's long. We know he can put on weight, but in your mind, do you feel that Tyrese Halliburton could effectively guard a three good enough, not necessarily exceptionally, but good enough to justify that lineup spending a decent amount of time on the floor together? Honestly, no. I mean, you think about uh, Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi goes through fours. And the way the NBA is so switch heavy, I think he'll he'll get picked on in a sense to where you're going to put him in situations where he's – Guarding LeBron to Kawhi to Paul George to, I mean, even Devin Booker is physically stronger than him. Um, but then again, he could be the guy that you kind of hide on. You know, every team has this three and D wing that just kind of stands in the corner. And I think that as a team defender, I think Halliburton is pretty good, pretty good at that. But Mitchell's just too good to not have on the floor. And the Kings' defense was a major issue, and I think he's a, a, a tone setter. So, again, Halliburton, by default, is going to have to guard those wings, which, like I said, if, you, if you're playing a team that has, you know, that the 3 and D guy that stands in the corner, it helps. But, you know, when you're playing the better teams like the Lakers or the Clippers that have big wings, then it can be a little tough. Huge thank you to Rafael Barlow for joining me here on the Locked on Kings podcast. Hope he is enjoying his time in Las Vegas watching Summer League action. I know he was paying close attention to the Pistons and Rockets game last night with Cade taking on Jalen Green. Uh, so I always love getting his insight and hearing what he has to say about the Sacramento Kings, about the draft. He's someone that you're going to hear a lot more throughout the season and really when we start looking at the draft next season, although I very much hope that we're talking about the draft and talking about selections, steals, outside of the lottery, I would really love not to care so much about the draft every single offseason. I would really love to not to care so much about next year's draft, meaning this Kings team is hopefully in the playoffs and maybe even making some kind of fun, potentially mini deep playoff run. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. You got to get there first. But uh, if, if I could dream about ignoring the NBA draft for an offseason, I would absolutely take that. But I'll still find a way to talk to Rafael Barlow because I enjoy it so much. There was a story, or rather an interview, that came out. Speaking of Summer League, Sean Cunningham from ABC10. You've heard him on the Lockdown Kings podcast a number of times. Uh, he is in Las Vegas covering the Kings Summer League, and he ran into Kyle Guy. Uh, who, of course, former Sacramento Kings for the last couple of seasons is a two-way player with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, he is now a two-way player, I believe, with the Golden State Warriors. And... He did a, a brief interview with Kyle, and uh, Kyle is always very well-spoken, very professional, uh, just talking about what he's looking forward to with Summer League. We're looking forward to playing with the Warriors. And then he starts talking a little bit about his departure from Sacramento. Uh, and I, I tweeted this out. I really don't want to make too big of a deal out of a departure of a, a two-way player, and that's not being disrespectful. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Kyle Guy. Look, the league is the league. It's a cutthroat business, and if you're not good enough, you're you're not good enough. Now, I, I think Kyle was better than maybe uh, how the Kings treated him suggests, 
But Kyle goes on to explain that the Kings, when they released him or, or didn't, I guess, renegotiate a contract with him or bring him back, they didn't communicate with him at all. He never got a phone call uh, or anything from the organization uh, saying that they weren't going to bring him back. It was just kind of radio silence. The season ended and that was it, it sounds like, or at least that's how I interpreted uh, Kyle's words, which, I, again, I'm not trying to make too big of a deal out of the departure of a two-way player, but I, I, I kind of am disappointed by that. you know. And we also heard Bogdan Bogdanovich talk about his lack of communication uh, from the Sacramento Kings organization during the whole um, – sign and trade with the Milwaukee Bucks that fell through. He got very little communication. And then he said in an article with Sam Amick that even after uh, the the announcement that Bogey was going to go to Atlanta or the Kings were going to let him walk to Atlanta, he got maybe one phone call from someone in the organization. He wouldn't specify who. I don't know if that was a player or a coach or whatever, but he only got one call. Uh, you know, again, it's not a massive deal. It's not such something so significant where... I'm going to buy into what some people are saying on Twitter, which is, well, players and agents talk to each other and players are going to see how Kyle Guy was treated uh, and that's going to make them not want to play for Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings. I'm not going to go that far. I think that's a little too extreme, but these are still human beings, right? And Kyle Guy still was a part of your organization, even though you didn't draft him. It was Vlade Divac's draft pick. He was a part of your organization. He played hard for you. He was a constant professional. And to just not give him a phone call or give him the the respect. And I think the professionalism and basic human decency to call him and let you know, let him know that you weren't going to bring him back and to wish him the best. I think it's just, it's just, a, it's just a, it's a bad look. So uh, that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But I just, I would hope that Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings uh, can do better with stuff like that going forward. What are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on my conversation with Rafael Barlow? What we talked about, his thoughts on Namias Kita or Kata rather, does that interest you? Uh, your thoughts on the Kings being 2-0 in summer league? Send them to me at Matt George Radio on Twitter. Email me mgeorge at saclocalmedia.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, leave in the comment section down below. I'm looking forward to having Big Dave from the Locked On Bulls podcast on with me on tomorrow's Locked On Kings podcast. He and I are going to talk about the possibility of a Kings and Bulls Lowry Markinen sign and trade. Maybe Marvin Bagley's involved in that deal. Maybe he's not involved in that deal. I'll talk with Big Dave about that. And then I have planned on the following Locked on Kings podcast to have Jake Madison back with me uh, from the Locked on Pelicans podcast. There have been rumors and conversations uh, that the Kings and Pelicans discussed a Buddy Heald for Josh Hart sign and trade deal. And I'm not as excited about that, but hey, let's talk about it and what Josh Hart could potentially be for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, we'll get the New Orleans Pelicans perspective uh, on the Josh Hart situation from Jake. So those are the next two podcasts coming up. Plus, I have a bunch of great, fun ideas that I'm looking forward to sharing with you as we get into the really dog days of offseason after Summer League ends while we're just trying to kill time waiting for training camp to start. I have some fun ideas in mind. I would love to do another fans-only podcast where I invite fans onto the show and hear your story and talk to you and, and talk Kings basketball with you. Uh, so if you would be interested in that, let me know. Uh, email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com if you potentially would be interested in 
being on the show and being one of our uh, guests for a fans only podcast, plus a bunch more great ideas. If you have an idea, something you'd like to hear us talk about or cover uh, during that downtime, send those to me as well. And I I appreciate your support and your listening as always. The numbers that we've had over the last couple of weeks, really since the week before the draft have been off the hook, not just on YouTube, uh, but uh, our audio listeners as well. Thank you so much for that support. And I can't wait to have you join me on the next podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.